So this is where priorities really need to change and understanding that this is where you can really differentiate yourself and play a much bigger and smarter game. Hi, I'm Julie Hyde and I'm passionate about inspiring leaders to step up and lead and be powerful role models for those around them. My guests are all doing just that and I ask them to share how they are making it count and how they have created their success. I can't wait to share their amazing stories with you. Hi, this is Julie Hyde and I wanted to jump on as it's been a while since I recorded a podcast with you and I can't believe that we are in the middle of July already. This year is flying past at a rapid speed and 2021 has seen lots of disruption and challenge together with much brighter days. So I wanted to jump on and share with you what I've been observing and hearing in our business landscape over the last six months and what I believe leaders need to be aware of moving forward. It's been really interesting seeing what is emerging after the events of 2020 and how this disruption continues to occur. One thing we can take comfort in is we have gotten better at managing uh, the disruption and the constant change, but it doesn't make it any easier financially or psychologically. And the impact is real of all of this and people are feeling very fatigued. So over the past 18 months, I've been literally peeling leaders off the wall, or it certainly feels like that. There has been so, so much thrown at them, and the firefighting has been extensive, and we continue to put out spot fires of differing intensity. The teams have had their nose to the grind now for a really long period of time, with little downtime, if any. I mean, how can we plan for holidays at the moment when borders are slammed shut pretty quickly and um, we're not really sure when is the best time that we can take a break? Exhaustion is one of the biggest challenges for leaders to manage now for themselves and also for their team. And this has a huge impact on performance and, of course, on the well-being of you and your people. What I wanted to really chat to you about today is how we can level up our leadership. Regardless of whether you lead a team or not, um, you are a leader and these incredibly different circumstances we find ourselves in demand smarter leadership. Now, we've emerged from 2020 into a different playing field. The game has changed for leaders and it's time for us to level up and play a much smarter game. Well, what we need to be doing is being smarter with our strategy, our time and our energy. These times do demand that we are different. And it's in this space that I believe we can really make a huge impact and make a big difference for our health, for that of our team, for the health of our business, and also to ensure that we're really relevant in what we're leading now, but also what we're going to be leading in the future. Now, one of the biggest reasons that I'm very passionate about leaders playing a much smarter and different game right now is because your people are different. 
Now, in fact, according to the McCrindle Australian Post-COVID report, 87% of people who were surveyed say it's a good opportunity to innovate and change how things are done. 76% of people also said that 2020 was an opportunity to reprioritize what is important to them. Now, these are really important statistics for leaders to be aware of when thinking about future-proofing their workforce. An example of this has been the huge movement in what people are doing now with leave and taking holidays. You know, the impacts of last year, people reprioritising. There seems to be a fair amount of people who are packing up the family jumping into camper vans or putting that caravan on the back of the four-wheel drive and tripping around Australia. People also seem to be taking more frequent breaks. You know, gone are the days of heading overseas for three months with the border closures. People are taking, you know, more long weekends or weeks here and there. And it's really quite disruptive to the workplace. And what this means for leaders is we really need to think differently about how we lead and what we expect of our people, but also how they work. So what people are doing now in terms of their actions in line with their priorities is really interesting. It's a really interesting space to watch. Now, this is, of course, on top of the fact that most organizations are now leading a hybrid workforce with the meaning of flexibility getting broader. So there's no rules to leadership now. You can create your own rule book to suit these times and to suit your team. And this is incredibly powerful. But you have to have a deep understanding of what this means for you and what it will take from you. So moving into, you know, the next era, if you like, um, into this financial year and beyond, there's some trends that I think will shape how leaders lead. And here's some trends that I think we need to be aware of. The first one is that employers need to shift from managing the employee experience to the life experience. Now, this is something that became really evident throughout COVID. The work person sort of morphed and blended with the home person. There was no ability to separate, you know, work from home anymore. Work collided with home at a pretty rapid rate. So it's become really clear that supporting employees in their personal lives more effectively enables them to not only have better lives, but also to perform at a higher level. And according to Gartner's 2020 Reimagine HR Employee Survey, there's a real benefit to employers that do this in that they see a 21% increase in the number of high performers compared to organisations that don't provide the same degree of support to their employees. The second thing which really links to this is what's called the great resignation. Now, this is not a term that I can claim, but economists have coined this term because of the increase of the number of people switching jobs. And some really interesting stats have um, emerged in recent months. A Microsoft survey of more than 30,000 global workers showed that 41% of workers were considering quitting or changing their professions this year. A study from a HR software company, Personio, 
of workers in the UK and Ireland show that 38% of those surveyed plan to quit in the next six months to a year. In the US alone, April saw more than 4 million people quit their jobs, according to a summary from the Department of Labor, which is the biggest spike on record. Now, a big reason why people are resigning is due to how they have been treated by their current employers. So people are a lot less tolerant of perhaps what they were, say, back in 2019. So we really, really need to watch this space. The third thing is that flexibility will shift from location to time and we need to be measuring output rather than, say, time at the desk. This is linked to the stats that I shared before from McCrindle. Some organisations are really, really good at this space and have set people up to work very flexibly. Many aren't so great and are really clinging on to the need that people have to be back in the office. I think as a result of the disruption that happened last year, we expect that most organisations will be managing a hybrid workforce. It was really amazing to see what we could do uh, when we had to in terms of creating change really quickly. And I think we really need to retain that mindset and even build on that to see what else we can do to innovate for the better. Now, as part of the McCrindle Australians Post-COVID survey, it also revealed that 63% of those surveyed expect more flexibility and hybrid working arrangements. Now, this is not saying that the office is gone and I think there is an absolute place and a need for the office environment. But I also think that expecting people to be at their desk and clock on from eight to six, you know, five days a week is becoming a very irrelevant expectation. If you really have to see your people at their desk to trust that they're doing what they need to do, then you've got a bigger problem at hand. It's a very old mindset and one that leaders really need to challenge. I believe we now need to get much, much better at managing output and not worrying necessarily about when or where our people are doing their work. If they're doing their work and producing it at a really, you know, acceptable and high standard, then what's the issue? Gartner's 2020 Reimagine HR Employee Survey revealed that only 36% of employees were high performers at organisations with a standard 40-hour work week, whereas organisations that offer employees flexibility over when, where and how much they work see 55% of their workforce as high performers. Now, given what we're seeing happening here in Australia in the march of those travelling around Australia and taking more frequent breaks and even those super experienced and valuable employees who are considering retirement now, how can we enable people to work from anywhere? The disruption of good people exiting the business and having to recruit new talent is a very costly one. And given the war for talent now, and I'm sure you've noticed that the employee employment market is, is a really hot and competitive one, it's really challenging. So how can you think differently in this space to retain good people, to attract good people to your workforce and to reduce disruption?
We also need to keep in mind that our future generations who are going to be coming through the workforce before we know it have now seen what can be done from home, which is pretty much everything. So why should they have to sit in an office all day? So we have to make this work and we need to understand how to make this work. And trust, trust is a key lever that needs to be activated here. And I'll talk about this a little bit later. And now for a quick break. If you were listening to this podcast, then you understand how important leadership is to your success. And that starts with you. How you lead yourself will impact the performance of your business, your team, and your career. That is why we developed the Role Model Effect program. This program is designed for those who want to sharpen their leadership tools and be a leader that people want to work with. It's seven weeks, a value-packed and laser-focused course spent on crafting your leadership for success. You will walk away with absolute clarity on what you need to do to be a successful leader. The results our participants are achieving speak for themselves. So, if you understand that leadership is the key to your success, contact Julie to find out more at juliehyde.com.au. So, people are feeling incredibly exhausted. They're really fatigued both mentally and physically. The amount of extra brain power that this pandemic consumes, together with the fear and uncertainty it continues to create, has a really huge impact. People have had their nose to the grind for a really long time, and you will have heard of lockdown fatigue and, you know, pandemic fatigue. It it is real, and the drain on our mental health is playing out, and we're, we're seeing particularly within the workplace where the amount of, you know, mental health illness that we're having to manage and uh, work through is on the rise. The result of our survey last year was that this is one of the top three challenges that leaders are facing. And of course, this has a flow-on effect to performance because when people are feeling tired and fatigued, they're less likely to give that extra effort which makes a huge difference to results. You know, quite often sick leave increases, mental health declines, culture is impacted. So how do leaders keep their workforce energised? How do they know when to support, when to challenge and when to adjust expectation? Now, the real power for leaders is in knowing this, considering it and responding to it. Leaders need to be so agile with their mindsets and their actions. So taking all of this into account, And the idea that we will work smarter rather than harder, I thought I'd share what I believe needs to skyrocket to the top of the priority list for leaders. Now, these may challenge comfort zones and current ways of thinking and working, but if you don't do this, I really feel that you're at huge risk of being irrelevant as an employer and as a leader because these things are starting to emerge really, really quickly. And I'm seeing it play out, as I said, in what I'm observing. I'm in a really fortunate place to be hearing from employees directly and also hearing from leaders and employers directly. We really need to align our priorities and our needs and that of the organisation to create a high-performance culture and to enable our teams to operate at a level that is going to be conducive to high performance because, I mean, that's what we all want. And 
high performance is different for different people and different organizations. So we really need to understand and really tap into A, the intelligence of our team and understand how we can utilize that intelligence, but also how we can understand what each individual within our team needs to operate at a high level. Because it's not one size fits all anymore. People are so different and they're very much in tune with what's important to them now and what their expectations are from their employer. So the last thing that you want to be featured on is, you know, an employer who has the top rate of resignations within their workforce. What we want to be doing is to create a culture, a place where people feel that they're connected, that they're engaged with and feel valued and understand how they contribute to the higher purpose of the organisation. So. With all of that in mind, the first thing that needs to come up to the top of the priority list is connecting people back to the deeper purpose to your organisation and understanding the deeper purpose to your leadership. We can't be about the number anymore. We just cannot be simply driving profit, driving revenue, driving sales figures. It can't just be about that anymore. We have to be about empowering and enabling our people. And in fact, the organisations that are simply driving a number are going to be driving their people away from the organisation. So we really need to connect as leaders back to why we're doing what we're doing. Like, Why is it that you wanted to become a leader in the first instance? What is the impact that you're wanting to have on your organisation? on your team and understanding that your people are the power in your business. I mean, I learned that really, really quickly in my corporate career when I was leading people. I understood that I was not going to be successful if my people were not successful. So they were my top priority. Absolutely, we had a vision in terms of what we wanted to create for our business what we were aspiring to achieve in terms of results, that's the outcome. What we then did was really understood what were the key things that were going to drive that outcome. And of course, that came back to how we were leading and how we're engaging our team. You also need to connect your team back to the the deeper purpose to your organisation. Like why does your organisation exist and, and what is it that they're trying to change or improve or innovate. It's connecting people to that and helping them identify with how they contribute to it. So what's the piece of the big puzzle that they're helping to solve through what they're doing? And I think when we can really connect people to that and enable them to understand how they contribute And then, of course, giving them the ability to contribute in their own way and inject their own bit of genius to your organisation. That's where people really start to feel valued. They really start to feel connected and they feel incredibly motivated to do more. More than that in terms of your organisation, but what is the impact that your that your organization is is making to society like where is your 
social responsibility. And this needs to extend to action. It just can't be about talk. So what are you changing or how are you contributing to change at a higher level? And what are the things that you and your team can be doing to to make a difference? I think also that that can be something that can be a real selling point when you are recruiting people in ensuring that values are aligned and that you're bringing people into the organization who are going to be walking the same path with you, which is, I think is really important. The second thing is now relationships are key. I spoke before about um, the need for relationships to be built on trust both ways between leaders and their team. So this is where leaders really need to level up. If your people don't trust you, it will impact on culture, performance, and engagement. If you don't trust your people to do what you hired them to do, then you have a pretty big problem and you need to ask yourself the question why. And this is playing out right now in many organizations and old mindsets and leadership styles are being exposed, especially the command and control and the fact that a leader must see their people at their desk to prove they're working. This is really frustrating people. They just don't understand why they're not trusted to do what they need to do. Now, this brings up a much bigger conversation. I absolutely understand that. The fact is some people don't do what they should be doing when they're working at home. But I think on the majority, a lot of people feel that they are a lot more productive when they're working from home. The events of last year also enabled people to see the time that they're wasting on commute, which can tally up to hours, sometimes 10 hours a week that people are spending sitting in their car or sitting on public transport, commuting to and from work. And they understand that they can use that time a lot more productively for them in line with their values. So here, I think, is a space where we really need to be empowering and enabling our people to work, how best suits them, and to understand how each individual ticks. So how do we keep our team engaged and motivated regardless of whether they are in the office or at home or on the other side of the world or on the other side of Australia? How can we keep them connected and motivated and productive to the workplace regardless of where they are? Last year has certainly highlighted the fact that technology is our friend. Geographical barriers have been brought down, so this very much opens up the recruitment landscape as well for organisations who are really agile and really adaptive in this space. The third thing is we really need to be elevating our thinking as leaders constantly, consistently, (laughs) frequently, whatever word you want to be using. And I use the dance floor and the balcony analogy here where the dance floor is where we're constantly stuck in the doing and we're busting in our best moves and the adrenaline's pumping and we're constantly doing, which can be really quite exhausting. And this is where, you know, we can become very reactive on that dance floor and be constantly putting out fires. Whereas when we come off that dance floor and move up to the balcony, it's a much more strategic approach 
from that balcony, we can map out what is happening on that dance floor and we can identify hotspots, we can identify gaps, we can identify trouble areas and we can really assess where we need to inject our attention, what we might need to change, what we might need to adjust to get better results. Now, without taking time out, you're not giving yourself the opportunity to think and reflect and strategize at a high level. Now, I call this reflection time. You can call this whatever you like. But what reflection does is it gives the brain the opportunity to pause amidst the chaos, to untangle and sort through observations and experiences and consider multiple possible interpretations and create meaning. This meaning creates learning, which then informs future mindsets and actions. So without this, what we're at risk of doing is the same thing, therefore getting the same results, which as Albert Einstein said, is the definition of insanity. It's interesting that people don't believe that they have time for this. And often when people take time out to do it, they feel guilty even because they're not working. They're not in that doing. So this is where priorities really need to change and understanding that this is where you can really differentiate yourself and play a much bigger and smarter game. It can also ensure that you are walking your talk, which is key to demonstrating congruence between your words and actions, and this builds trust. So by taking time out and really reflecting on what's going on, but also reflecting on how you are being as a leader can build some strength with your emotional intelligence, your self-awareness, and enable you to adjust and tweak your leadership style as necessary. The next thing is about delegating. Now, this is what I see playing out a lot. Some leaders don't want to delegate to their team for fear that their team's too busy or they don't want to overload them, or they don't trust them to do the task, or they're control freaks and no one can do it better than them, which is crazy. We need to work out really robust processes and ways that we can delegate to our team, absolutely not overloading them, but empowering them to do the role that we have hired them to do, to enable them to contribute to the organisation, but to have a process in place that enables us to feel in control without having to be micromanaging or keeping, you know, everything to ourselves and overwhelming the leader rather than utilising the collective intelligence as a team. The last thing I really think needs to be high on the priority list is really building that resilience and agility as a leader. Now, this doesn't mean being Teflon and, you know, putting out the perception that nothing bothers you. It absolutely includes being vulnerable, sharing how you feel and the disappointment that you experience, but it's also the ability to lead you and your team out of it. And this is about being a really effective and strong role model. And agility is what we need to have as leaders more so now with our mindset and our actions. You know, we we can't be wedded to plans anymore. We can absolutely be committed to our plans but we can't be attached to them. And we also need to be really agile with our mindset in that no one approach will work for everyone and everything in these times. 
So this, again, really challenges our emotional intelligence and being agile with our approach as leaders. So it comes back to the relationships that I was speaking about before and understanding what approach is going to work for what individual to get the best outcome for both you, the person and the organization. So these are a few things that I believe are important and as of course, this will evolve over time. But for now in the foreseeable future, if a leader can hone these skills, it's really going to serve you well. And that is all about elevating your thinking. It's about connecting people to the deeper purpose of your organization, connecting to your deeper purpose as a leader. It is about delegating it's about resilience and agility. And, you know, of course, it's a really about building those relationships, which are absolutely key. And above all, it's about being human as a leader and understanding that you are leading humans. So it's engaging your heart and your mind in your leadership so that you can do the same for your team. It's pretty much a blank blank page now in terms of how you lead for now and in the future. So let's rewrite that leadership history book to one that works for you and your team and your organization. So let's make your investment into your leadership one that is incredibly valuable and one that you can leverage ongoing. As I say, I hope that these tips have been helpful and I hope they've been insightful. And I hope this gives you a bit of an insight into how you can think smarter as a leader rather than work harder because it's the last thing that we want. Now, as always, reach out if I can help you in any way in terms of building your leadership skills or helping you to really build a culture of high performance and engagement with your team. I'm simply a phone call away. Thanks for listening and I hope that you have gained some great ideas and feel inspired to get out there and make what you do count for your leadership, your business and your life. Please do leave a review for this podcast and please share it with your network. Send any feedback or suggestions for future guests by emailing me julie at juliehide.com.au. For now, let's get out there and make it count.